It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As we start this NFL season, there was no other place where you can listen to a podcast and get Carolina Panthers coverage every single day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, like we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is why it's important for you to subscribe to our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel to check out every single show there on YouTube. We've had issues with the video and audio the last couple weeks on YouTube, but that has now changed as I'm officially on a new video recording stream. So those issues should be something of the past as we start off this this training camp portion of the 2022 Carolina Panthers season. And if you don't want to watch the show on YouTube, that's okay. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all of the other traditional podcasting platforms out there. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag either at me on Twitter at Julian Council or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Y'all, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I cannot stress to you how much I hate the offseason. It's so long. It's so boring. What if season? I hate it. Talking season. As Steve Spurrier, the former Washington Redskins, Florida Gator, South Carolina head coach used to say it's talking season. That's what's going on here, especially, you know, when they have all the college media days. But really right here as training camps opening up, it's talking season. But they're actually out there on the field. Now, only in shorts and T-shirts right now, I guess really the uniforms and and T-shirts underneath, but they'll be in pads in a couple of days. But we finally get to see these teams, especially our Carolina Panthers, on the field. Free agency is interesting. Trying to see, you know, what veteran players might come over and who could fill the holes that are on this roster and seeing the moves that Scott Fitter made this year, we're great. But then you get into the draft 
and you spend so much time talking about college players who may not even play for your team, and if they come to your team, may not make an impact at all. And then after that, it's OTAs and mandatory minicamp, and it's just like, oh, God, can we just get to the season already? And the last seven weeks of just sitting here and waiting, and at least the Baker Mayfield trade happened, it's the worst time of the year. I know some of y'all love free agency and love the draft. For me, I like when they actually play the games. I like the football part of it. I'm not a big like, hey, let's talk about the hypotheticals of what could happen, what might not happen. Let's just talk about actual things happening on the field, and we have finally gotten there. So I'm very happy that no more of just the, uh, oh, man, what might it look like this year? Even though we'll still kind of do a little bit of that here coming up and probably some of that here on the show today as I want to talk about some of the biggest questions that at least I have for the Carolina Panthers heading into training camp as they report today and get on the field for the first time on Wednesday. I alluded to it a little bit yesterday when looking at some of the camp battles, and it didn't seem like this was going to be a training camp battle back on draft night when the Carolina Panthers drafted Ike Iquanu out of NC State, sixth overall. He had finally fulfilled, at least in my mind, the massive hole that was there at left tackle since Jordan Gross retired following the 2013 season. They were finally going to have somebody that could be there for the next 10 years and the constant turnstile at that position, both figuratively, figuratively and literally, could end. But Matt Rule kind of dumped a dose of reality on us a couple weeks ago during the mandatory minicamp portion of things and said that, hey, I don't really know whether Icky will be ready to be the starting left tackle against Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney and that Browns team come week one. And he says he wasn't even sure whether he would be their starting left tackle once they get out there on Wednesday. And that Brady Christensen, the All-American left tackle out of BYU who started there the last couple weeks of the season last year and someone who fans were banging on the table, clamoring for all season long as they watched the Cam Irvings of the world, the Pat Elflines, the Michael Jordans, the Dennis Dalys all struggle on the O-line, John Miller as well, struggle on the O-line last season. Well, now, some of you have kind of got your wish as Brady will start, but will it be at left guard or will it be at left tackle? As it looks like to me, I would not be surprised if Brady Christensen coming out on Wednesday is there with the first team taking snaps at left tackle. So who will end up being the starting left tackle week one? I have brought this up before. One thing I'm excited about the O-line, it projects to be a much better unit than last year. And as long as they stay healthy, that will be the case. I do think that if you have guys like Pat Elfline and like Cam Irving who have experience that are going to be your backups, and then you add in Deontay Brown, Cade Mays, and Michael Jordan, some of the other younger guys on this roster, that this can be a very strong, deep offensive unit unit as long as the majority – of the starting five stays healthy. Like Taylor Moan's going to start at right tackle. Austin Corbett's going to start at right guard. I would imagine it's going to be Bradley Bozeman, but there's a possibility that they open up the season with Bozeman at center or left guard and, and then Pat Elfline at the other position, either center or left guard, and then Brady Christensen at left tackle. Like one small concern I have heading into the year, especially looking at week one against Miles Garrett. Like Garrett is one of the best defensive players in football. I am not going to expect Icky Aquano to go out there and shut him down week one. It's very possible it could happen. I'm not trying to say it's not going to happen. But being realistic, probably not going to happen. So do you want to put a rookie out there against that player? You also have to wonder, okay, is Brady Christensen a better option than Icky? Or does it make more sense to just go ahead and get Icky out there into the fire, especially as a first rounder, a top 10 guy, and could have been the number one overall pick, had a team sitting there number one overall, needed him 
needed a tackle. It, so it does concern me a little bit about putting him there, especially if you put in Brady Christensen next to him, and Brady does not have a ton of, of, of uh, experience. And that's not necessarily his own fault. It's the team last year not giving him the opportunities that he probably deserved. But now with James Camp and the new O-line coach here, I'm not as concerned. I think eventually they'll be strong. I just look at the first couple of weeks of the season as this unit hopes to acclimate because they didn't get the chance to do that. Was it 13 different starting combinations last year? No matter if this group this year has that issue where they have 13 different starting combinations, they're not going to have success this upcoming season. That's just the pure facts of the situation with the communication and just the continuity. All of that is so important. So I am questioning who will start at left tackle. Not concerned about the left tackle position, just wondering how things will shape out on the left side of the offensive line. Now, Ikea Kwanu is a part of that equation. He's a rookie. I'm also wondering what the reps are going to look like for Matt Corral. We'll talk about Matt Rule, what he had to say here in a couple minutes when he spoke to the media on Monday afternoon in Charlotte heading into training camp as he concluded his preparations with his staff later that afternoon about what they wanted to do. And there was plenty of questions about how the reps will be split between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield as those two guys will be battling it out to be the quarterback one heading out of the tunnel uh, week one against the Cleveland Browns. I expect it to be Baker Mayfield. I don't think the Panthers made all these moves or at least attempted to make these moves this offseason to trot Sam Darnold back out there at Bank of America Stadium come week one against the Browns and even in 17 other weeks after that. I don't think they did. They attempted to do these things and brought in Baker someone who's far more proven and in Mike Sando's quarterback tiers is tier three and ranks 19th in the league, while Sam Darnold is tier four and ranks 32nd in the league based off of the anonymous coaches and general managers and other execs in the league. But those guys can be taking away snaps from someone who could be the future. And Matt Rule said it. Um, Scott Pitterer said it. They still look at Matt Corral as possibly being the future. Okay, well... How can he develop into the future if he's being very limited in the snaps that he sees? All four of the quarterbacks, Corral, Baker, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker were shown in a video working out this past weekend with a lot of their skill position players as they prepare for camp. It's good to see that there's a great rapport and continuity with those guys within the quarterback room, but they're also going to be competing. Like, P.J. Walker, he's going to be the odd man out, clearly in this situation, as the Panthers can't cut Sam Darnold, and I don't see there being a trade partner for him. So how does that impact Matt Corral as he hopes to gain reps, while you also have two guys who really need to see the bulk of it as they're going to be preparing to take over the team and lead them through the next 18 weeks once we get into the regular season? So I'm very curious to see how the breakdown comes with Matt Corral and the reps that he gets. And speaking of quarterbacks as well, and how that kind of goes into it. I mean, Robbie Anderson, he's had an interesting offseason with the social media comments about saying not a Baker, then going on the podcast a couple weeks ago, trying to clarify what his thoughts were, and then also saying, oh, it's the media trying to create this narrative. It's like, no, 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 we didn't create the narrative. When you go out there and say no to something like that on, on Instagram, you leave it up to interpretation for anyone. That's not you going out there like, no, I like Sam. He didn't get a good chance. He was in a terrible situation. Things that he's now since said, and he doesn't even know Baker and all that, that he doesn't have a problem with Baker Mayfield. So he's, it's, you had that, and you had him talk about, at least speaking aloud, thinking aloud, that, hey, I might just retire. And then showing up to mandatory minicamp, 
after being gone throughout OTAs like he was a year ago training in Miami, and he wasn't even in that workout video this last weekend. I had someone ask me, hey, what is there an issue here? It's like, no, it's just Robbie just goes out and does his own thing. He'll be there training camp, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. You, you would love to see him there, but but has it correlated in success the last couple of seasons with P.J. – sorry, not with P.J., but with Sam Darnold doing it last year and then Teddy Bridgewater doing it the year before? No, so it doesn't really matter whether Robbie Anderson is there or not. But he had a really bad season last year. Had a ton of drops, took some pretty bad shots, not really his own fault, but just did not play well. And you go back to just the emotion he showed on his sideline after the Eagles game, not talking to the media after that, calling it the fans for not for being fake fans, for being Sam Darnold. I don't think his Q score is very high right now here in Charlotte. And I do believe the Panthers would have gotten an actual good offer for him this offseason that he might not be here in Carolina. There was rumors that the Patriots are interested in him, that he could go back to New York to the Jets, all that was circling around. Again, a very interesting offseason for Robbie Anderson. So where is he at mentally, physically, when he comes here to Wofford today? And then on Wednesday when we see him out there on the field, is he going to bounce back and have the kind of season they had in 2020 and even the years prior to that, back when he was in New York before becoming a free agent and coming here to Carolina? That's what I want to see. What does Robbie Anderson look like? Because if he's not ready to go, that's going to mean guys like Terrace Marshall and Richard Higgins are going to need to step up over the next couple of weeks and show themselves to be the number two or three wide receivers in the event that Robbie is not ready to go this upcoming season. But we'll see. I'm not necessarily too concerned about it, but he is someone that is going to have to prove a lot over the next couple of weeks as we head into this season. Another player that needs to prove a lot is, well, Christian McCaffrey, and it's he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. He's a massive piece of this offense. I do question what the true value of Christian McCaffrey is when you look at the win-loss record. I think quarterback play is far more important for Carolina as they've had to lean on Christian and let him carry the offense over the last couple of seasons because of how poor the quarterback play has been. And now Baker Mayfield in this offense, I think that will allow the Panthers to distribute the ball all over the field instead of leaning on Christian as much as they have over the last couple of seasons. They brought in Dante Foreman to be a backup. I think he'll be the second running back, and then Chuba Hubbard will also be back there taking some carries if need be, and especially in the event that Christian goes down again this upcoming season, which I hope, fingers crossed, is not the case. And I still don't think he's injury-prone. I think it's just been bad luck for a player who, yes, has – Carried a heavy load, but also just, you know, it's the running back position. And look across the league and look at that position and see how many of the top guys have gotten injured. And it's not necessarily on Christian McCaffrey that those things have happened to him. Will he be a full participant in training camp? Or will the Panthers kind of go back to what they did last year? And Matt Rule already, in a way, answered that question on Monday, seeing that he doesn't see many changes of what, with how they handle Christian. He probably won't play any preseason games, and I'm totally okay with that. And... I guess once we get into the season, that's when we'll really understand what his workload will be. I still believe that they should try to give him the ball more times than not. But I do understand that there needs to be a balance. And if you pay this guy this much money, you want him at least to be healthy through the entirety of your season. And it's only going to help the team win and provide the quarterbacks, whoever, whether whoever it's whether it's uh, Matt Corral or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, is going to allow them someone that they can depend on out of the backfield. So what would that look like as far as his work, his workload over the next couple of weeks and then once we get into the season? And then finally, I'm wondering, what does J.C. Horn look like? The Panthers decided not to take a quarterback eighth overall back in 2021 because they were banking on Sam Darnold plus the eighth pick, which turned out to be J.C. Horn to be a better proposition. They got the quarterback thing wrong at least as of right now. We'll see. Maybe Sam actually has had things click for him. I doubt that's the case. But J.C. Horn needs to at least make the other half of that proposition 
work out. And through the first 10 quarters of last season, it was working out spectacularly until he hurt his foot there in the second half in Houston, and it was the last we saw of him the rest of the year. He came back a couple weeks ago, said how he kind of still feels like a rookie, even though he's been around, he's gotten the mental reps, and he was able to learn a lot from Stephon Gilmore, even on the bench and in a more rehab role last season. Now he's stepping up. He's still going to be the top corner in this room. You got Dante Jackson back as a leader and someone who you can rely on as a number two corner, but he's not ever going to be a number one. J.C. Horn is in here to be that guy, to be one of the young leaders on this defense. Can he take that step this year? And stay healthy. So what does he look like over the next couple of weeks? That is something that I want to see as those are my biggest questions heading into training camp. Who starts at left tackle? What are the reps for Matt Corral? How will Robbie Anderson look after his interesting offseason? What will Christian McCaffrey's workload be? And what sh- will we see out of J.C. Horn? Over the next couple weeks, as the Panthers report to training camp today down at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Matt Rule is someone who's going to be fighting for his job this upcoming season. I don't care about a five-year or even a six-year plan. David Tepper is not going to accept mediocrity, and they're not even reaching that at this point with Matt Rule for another season. Rule laid out a three-point plan for success in 2022. What is that? We'll go over it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store and Google Play Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Monday afternoon was the first time that we had heard from Matt Rule since Carolina Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield earlier this month. And we are curious to see how things will play out this upcoming season. Will it be Sam Darnold who wins the starting job? Or will the Carolina Panthers finally cut out all the pretense and actually decide that this really isn't a competition and that we didn't do all these things this offseason, try to get rid of Sam to throw him back out there and that Baker is actually our guy, Matt Rule, answered some of those questions on Monday, sort of, as he didn't want to lay out the plan of how they would split up the reps. Scott Fitter did say a couple weeks ago when he spoke to the media following the trade and then the introduction that day of Baker that at some point, that will probably start out 50-50 with those guys, and then at some point, they're going to need someone to take the reins of that. And Matt Rule did say that, I'm not going to choose the starting quarterback. The players 
would choose a starting quarterback by how they play, which is a very interesting cop-out. He also said at the time when speaking to the media around 12.30 on Monday afternoon that he hadn't spoken to P.J. Walker or to Matt Corral and, of course, more importantly, to Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield about how the practice plan would split up between the four of them and mainly the top two there in Sam and in Baker Mayfield. And Matt Rule said that he likes his quarterback room. He even went on to say that it's a deep quarterback room. He talked about how Sam had an excellent spring and summer and that Baker is another starting caliber quarterback and he doesn't really care about Baker's attitude. You know, he wants every player to be themselves and as long as what guys do leads to winning, that he wants them to be who they are. He wants Baker to be Baker and Sam to be Sam. Well, personality-wise, sure. I would love for Sam to not be the Sam that he's been here the last couple of years in Carolina and previously in New York. But he wants those guys to be who they are as long as it leads to success, and he expects Matt Corral to compete in whatever way is possible, and that not many teams out there in the league have four quality players at quarterback, and you might actually look at it, and that might not be that crazy of a statement. Having three guys who've started in this league and another one in Matt Corral who they apparently think very highly of, despite where his draft position might have been. But the main thing is, though, the Panthers need to figure out who the starting quarterback's going to be. And of those four, someone has to figure it out. It's not going to be P.J. Walker. He's going to be the odd man out. But between Matt Corral, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, one of those guys needs to take a hold of this position this upcoming season. And really, it's going to be down to Baker and Sam as the Panthers have expressed that they want to bring Matt Corral along slowly. But they do have in here. They do have him in here, excuse me, to foster some sort of competition within that room, which is something they didn't do a year ago, so that is a positive for Carolina heading in to training camp as a report again down there in Spartanburg today. Now, that rule, he also highlighted a three-point plan for success in 2022 for Carolina. Starting off with number one, he said that the defense needs to go from good to great. You might hear that and be a little bit confused because last year the Carolina Panthers were at a time Number one in DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, they were all the way up in the top ten. At number seven until the last couple of weeks where the defense fell off based off of injuries and attrition and just not being able to stop the run. But overall, Phil Snow's unit was one of the best defenses in football. And when you look at total defense, they were the second best defense. So I guess they need to go from number two to number one to get them to be great if you look at it that way. Although I just did mention the advanced analytics that show that the Panthers weren't as good defensively throughout the entirety of the season as it appeared they were, especially at the jump when they got to that 3-0 start. Now, one thing, well, really two areas that Matt Rule says the Panthers need to improve at defensively in 2022 is in the red zone and in takeaways. When looking at opponents last season against Carolina Panthers, when they got to the red zone, They scored 67.3% of the time. That was good for 29th in the NFL. So the Panthers were 29th out of 32 teams in red zone defense last year. We already talked about the stat a couple weeks ago, if you listen to the podcast regularly, how the Panthers' defense faced the worst starting field position in the entire league. Dead last. I'm sure that played a role in the Panthers having one of the worst defenses when it comes to the red zone defense because they're already in bad position and you give up a one or two first downs, and a team's already right there in your red zone, and you're battling to try and keep them off the board. Now, keeping off the end, out of the end zone is something that they need to do. Again, 67% of the times when teams got to the Panthers' uh, red zone last year, 
they came out with a touchdown, 29th in the league. The other part of it is that the Panthers only had 16 takeaways. Early on, that defense was all over the place in creating turnovers, but that didn't carry on through the rest of the season as they only had, again, 16 last season, which tied for 26th in the league. When they're in the bottom third in both red zone defense and in takeaways, total defense is a great stat to look at as they only gave like well, about 300 yards a game last year, and they were really solid overall. ton of sacks. Just when you look deeper, the Panthers' defense still has areas to improve, which in a way is kind of a good thing because you still have a young defense. It's not like you have older guys where you're wondering, oh, how much can they really improve? You still have a young defense with Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, and JC coming back healthy, and some veterans and Shaq and Dante Jackson, where it's like, okay, that's the next step. Because 2020, they weren't great, got a lot better in the second half of the season. Then they looked great for the most part all last year. Certain areas like stopping the run were a struggle. And then once they had injuries, they really kind of tapered off in the end. Now come back healthy. This team can now go to an elite status, hopefully this upcoming season, and they'll certainly need to do that if the offense is not able to produce in a way that they'd certainly need to this upcoming year. The second thing that Matt Rule pointed out that they need to do in order to have success is the offense needs to establish an identity. they got to find out who the quarterback's going to be, obviously. The offensive line has to be much better, and I think they will be much better. Guys like Terrace Marshall, and Robbie Anderson, Rashard Higgins, all the other wide receivers not named DJ Moore need to step up. Ben McAdoo has to find an offensive scheme and plan that works the personnel that he has here in Carolina. So important that the offense plays well because a big part of the defense having the struggles last year, especially when they got tired, was that the offense did them no favors. Panthers were by far one of the worst teams the last couple of seasons coming out of half in the third quarter when it came to offense. And I think last year they, they were the only team, they led the league. There's 10 times where they led, and they lost those games. That cannot be the case, once again, this upcoming season. The offense has to be much better for Carolina. And the third one, and this is, a, a, this is really all three phases, defense, offense, and then special teams. Matt Rule says it's time for the special teams to affect winning. And he thinks that they have the guys that can do it. Johnny Hecker, a four-time All-Pro, and Andre Roberts now as the kick returner. And then with Zane Gonzalez, who stabilized that kicking position last year before getting injured and missing the final couple weeks of the season as the Panthers have re-signed him and got Hecker to a long-term deal. And with Chris Tabor, the new special teams coordinator, that unit looks much better. And one of the reasons why I feel like the Panthers have a chance to win more games this year outside of just the offensive line and quarterback position likely improving the defense still being good is that special teams – can help them win games. It's helped them lose a lot of games the last couple of years, especially when it comes to field goal kicking. But now I feel confident that that can help them win a game, maybe even two. And that can be all the difference come January and December when the Panthers are right there, hopefully in the thick of things in the wild card and maybe even in the divisional race down here in the NFC South. So the defense needs to go from good to great. They need to establish an identity on offense and special teams needs to affect winning. The three-point plan that Matt Rule has for success in 2022. Now, that's all well and good, and I agree with him. And the quarterbacks are going to be the main focus. There's also a young rookie class here in Carolina that's entering into their first training camp. What should we expect out of them heading into training camp over the next couple of weeks? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. 
being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. A few more things from Matt Rule's press conference on Monday that I want to get out there. Uh, Shaq Thompson, the Panthers' starting linebacker, apparently will start on the uh, pup list, the physically unable to perform list uh, once they start training camp. As he apparently had a cleanup in his knee a couple weeks ago and still needs a couple weeks to get back and healthy, and Matt Rule thinks that he'll be fine. Uh, Davion Nixon, the second-year now defensive tackle who was injured last year, hurt his knee. He should be a full go. That was one of the questions a couple weeks ago when the Panthers went into that seven-week off period after mandatory minicamp, uh, whether Davion Nixon would be ready to go. So Matt Rule says that he should be a full go once training camp starts, which is absolutely uh, an important thing that they that they get him back healthy, but really more importantly that Shaq Thompson is able to come back healthy here for Carolina as they're going to need him as that linebacker spot. I know they got Damian Wilson in here. They got Brandon Smith in here now. Uh, Corey Littleton, those three guys will be important depth-wise. And if Shaq is going to be limited starting off the season, it's good to at least have them. But come week one, you really want Shaq Thompson to be full go. And I would expect now that he probably won't even play in any preseason games at all just to make sure that he's healthy and ready to go week one. And one other thing that Matt Rule did bring up too, and you know, we look at the coaching staff, and I've talked about how Steve Wilkes coming in and Paul Pascaloni as a new defensive line coach and Ben McAdoo having NFL head coaching experience. Chris Tabor, a special teams coordinator who's been an interim before. Um, and, of course, Wilkes was, was a, was a uh, head coach out in Arizona with the Cardinals for a season before being fired. And uh, all those additions, and James Campen on the offensive line, all those additions are great. And I've been critical of the coaching staff, and I think other people also have been critical of the coaching staff that Matt Rule brought in here. And he talked about, I guess, when he was told coming in the league that sometimes it takes two to three years for a head coach to get his staff to where he wants it to be because of some of the hiring rules in the league. It sounds like a cop-out. He brought a lot of his Baylor guys, and maybe he was just trying to do right by his guys, which a lot of coaches do. Um, but at least at this point in time, he's got the staff in a better position now than where they were seven months ago before he made a lot of these hires. So I'm happy about that. Now, let's take a quick look, though, at the rookies heading into training camp. We've already kind of talked about Icky and Matt Corral. Like, the expectation for Icky Aquano is to compete for the left tackle job and hope is that he takes over the job and start week one. And if not week one, eventually, early on in the first half of the season, he can solidify himself as the top option there on the left side with Brady Christensen kicking in the inside and being the starting left guard. Matt Corral... The expectation for him really should be learn the playbook, learn the fundamentals of the offense and of the quarterback position at this level, and just focus on that. 
How many reps he's going to get, I don't know. One of the big questions, as I already mentioned earlier on the show, that I have heading into training camp, just trying to be a sponge. No one's asking you. Maybe fans out there are asking you, but really the organization doesn't seem to be asking him to go out there and be the savior and be the franchise guy. Just come in, push the guys in front of you, learn the offense, and then next year we'll see how things pan out. And maybe even at some point this upcoming season, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see if that ever does happen for the Panthers. So we kind of know the expectations for those guys. Now, how about the rest of the rookie class? Like Brandon Smith, he talked about he felt like he was more of an edge guy coming out of Penn State, and Phil Snow has said that he's not quite sure where he's going to have him fit in. I'm really curious to see if maybe Brandon Smith can position himself in that linebacker room, especially now that Shaq Thompson's going to miss some time, as – Maybe that second guy will be like, can he be right the backup to Shaq or the backup to Damian Wilson? If Wilson's going to be another starting linebacker, can, can he position himself to be called upon in a situation where it's like, all right, hey, you know what? Brandon Smith, talented guy to Penn State, might not have really reached the potential he had coming out of high school in Virginia once he got there, but he's someone who's an athlete and has a physical presence where he could potentially be a high-level starting NFL linebacker in this league. I wonder how things are going to pan out for him. Like, just to make the roster, learn the defense is the expectation for him. Like, he'll be on the roster. And then with Amari Barno, he's going into a position group where Frankie Louvu is going to also be kind of an every-down linebacker and an edge rusher as well this upcoming year. And then Marquise Haynes is going to be in that situation as well. But, like, can Barno, who has a ton of speed on the outside, can he put himself in a position where – he can be a situational pass rusher for the Panthers' upcoming season because they're going to need it. Having lost to Son Reddick and Phil Snow has talked about Corey Littleton could do that job. He talked about Damian Wilson can do that job. They can ask Shaq Thompson and Phil Snow. If you ever watch the games back and look at the film or whatever, he gets very creative in the blitz packages that he runs and the kind of guys that he'll send out there to go after the quarterback. Amari Barno, with that speed, you, you got to think that they're going to try and find a way to utilize it. I would love to see if he can find his way to get into rotation. So finding a way to be maybe someone who can step into the rotation would be an expectation I'd like to set for him. Just like, hey, can we reach that goal? You can be on the roster, but can you show enough early on where it's like, hey, man, that guy, ton of speed off the edge. Let's we'll see what we can do to get him in there. He's going to have to probably need to gain some weight in the way like Marquise Haynes came in here kind of slight and has now gained some more weight. Can he – be a kind of a early Marquise Haynes. We'll see how that pans out. And Cade Mays, he's all over the offensive line. They're getting opportunities to play at tackle, guard, center. Just continue to learn every position. I expect him to be on the roster. There have been questions of whether he might be on over De- Deontay Brown, especially because of his versatility and Brown having to deal with his weight issues and maybe just being more of a guard. If you can have someone who can move around like Mays, you might want to take one of those guys. So Cade May is solidifying himself into that second team and is one of those top offensive linemen to come in. That's what he needs to do. And as far as Kalen Barnes goes, I talked about this yesterday. He's going to be competing with Stan Thomas Oliver for special teams. Probably a better athlete, longer guy, fits more of the cornerback mode, that mold, excuse me, that they have here now with Scott Fitter as a general manager. Like My expectation for him is just like, hey, go out there, work on, on special teams, and go take somebody's job. Like That's what I want to see. Out of that guy. A uh, couple more news and notes here before we get out of the show today. Matt Corral finally signed his contract on Monday. He was one of the, of seven 
draft picks that remained unsigned until Monday afternoon. He's got a four-year, $5.094 million deal with $884,000 signing bonus, and that's all the guaranteed money that he has over the next couple of seasons. will be a free agent come 2026. And one final piece, Ian Rappaport uh, reported on Monday that the Panthers are bringing in free agent defensive tackle Danny Shelton in for a visit. Potential D-line depth for the Panthers heading into camp. He was the 12th overall pick back in 2015. Shelton played his first three years with the Browns before being traded to the Patriots 2018. Then in 2019 was his most productive season as he recorded three sacks, a pair of tackles for loss, and six quarterback hits, along with his only career force fumble. The last couple of years, he's kind of bounced around the league. He was in Cleveland to start off, then New England. Then he spent 2021 with the Giants, appearing in 13 games with the club. As a rotational player, he had 31 total tackles, one tackle for loss, and a half sack. And in the year prior to that, he was in Detroit, where he started 12 games back when Matt Patricia was still there in Detroit, recording a sack, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. If he does sign... That's going to be a position that he could push guys like Bravion Roy, the third-year player, formerly out of Baylor, possibly off the roster. Phil Hoskins, the second, or sorry, the seventh-round pick out of Kentucky a year ago. Danny Shelton will be coming in and adding some depth at that position and adding experience. And I don't think that's a negative at all to bring in somebody. If it, if it pushes Phil Hoskins out of here and you got another guy at the defensive tackle spot who's actually played and started in this league, totally fine with it. Also would like to know what's going on with Carlos Dunlap as he remains on sign. And we still try to figure out whether the Carolina Panthers and him can come to the right kind of terms for both parties. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the other ones out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council and I'll get to your questions on Friday. In the meantime, take care, be safe. As always, keep pounding and we will talk about your Carolina Panthers finally hitting the practice field on Wednesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.